Welcome to Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford. I'm Federica Cherubini. This is a special series of our podcast and it's dedicated to the Digital News Report 2021. Over six episodes, we are diving into the findings of the report, the most comprehensive piece of research on news consumption around the world. I'm the Head of Leadership Development at the Institute, and for this podcast, I'll be joined by the authors of the report. Our guests today are Richard Fletcher, Senior Research Fellow at the Reuters Institute and leader of our research team, and Rasmus Nielsen, co-author of the report and director of the Institute. Richard and Rasmus will help us understand more about how people think commercial news media should be financed. Rasmus, Richard, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. For those who work in the news industry or are passionate about it, the conversation about the business sustainability of journalism is a crucial one. Print has been declining for a while now, and in the last year, we've witnessed the global pandemic accelerating this decline, further impacting the bottom line for many independent media companies. Digital advertising revenues, or a big part of it, goes to Facebook, um, Google, and a few other large digital platforms. And while we've seen an increasing number of publishers turning to direct reader revenue, like subscriptions or membership, the overall percentage of people paying for online news remains low. Even though we've seen in this year Digital News Report a significant increase in payment for online news in a small number of richer Western countries. In this kind of environment, it is crucial to know what audiences think of these issues especially when a few governments are considering stepping in to help independent news organizations in different ways. I guess the place to start here is with the audience itself. Rasmus, you've studied this issue for a few years and analyzed this year's data. Do people know about the difficult financial situation of the news industry? The short answer is no. It's only 31% of our respondents who recognize that most news publishers are less profitable today than they were 10 years ago. And there are many who think that they are as profitable or more profitable than they were in the past. Um, And then about a third who just say flat out that they don't know. I mean, I think this is perhaps surprising uh, for some in the profession, the industry itself. I mean, there are few things that journalists are more keenly aware of uh, than the financial travails facing much of the industry whether they are veterans uh, who've been through years of cost-cutting and shrinking newsrooms or younger journalists who've joined the profession during lean years and lived their whole professional life with precarity, short-term contracts, and frequent layoffs. But, I mean, I think it's important to recognize here that more broadly, uh, you know, while our research suggests that people have a pretty clear and often quite sensible sense of what major news brands have to offer, including uh, how trustworthy they are, many people have a pretty limited understanding of the more sort of detailed issues uh, around the news industry and the media environment, ranging from, you know, how journalists and editors work to basic features of our media environment, like the fact that the Facebook newsfeed is ranked by algorithms. And of course, I think we also need to recognize that that's arguably no different uh, from most people's pretty limited understanding of the details of many other important institutions or industries in our societies, whether universities uh, or pharmaceutical companies. I'm sure many journalists listening uh, to us now will find unbelievable that some people think the news media are profitable. Um, But I guess another question here is whether audiences are concerned about the financial state of the news industry in the first place. 
Richard, what do we know about this? Well, I mean, given that only a small number of people think that the commercial news media is less profitable than it was, and media financing is, is not something that is a top priority uh, for much of the public, as Erasmus has, has mentioned, it's perhaps not surprising that we also find that public concern over the financial state of commercial news media uh, is low. So across the 33 markets where we fielded this question, just under a third, 31%, uh, said that they're concerned, uh, with half, 51%, uh, saying that they're not concerned. Uh, the rest said they don't know uh, in response to this question, probably because it's not something that they've given much thought to uh, in the past. And are these results across these um, countries um, consistent or do you see a variation um, in any region? Well, as you might expect, the, the numbers do vary a little by country, uh, but the general pattern is actually quite, quite consistent. So in all but a tiny handful of countries, more people say that they're not concerned about the financial state of commercial news media than say that they're concerned. When it comes to picking out patterns by region, this isn't straightforward because I think there are lots of country specific factors that might influence people's attitudes on this one way or the other. But I think it's also noticeable that in, in Northern Europe, where there's typically both prominent and well-funded public service media uh, and relatively high levels of paying for online news, uh, concern tends to be lower than it is elsewhere. Some countries have an history of government intervention, either via direct or under indirect subsidies. Rasmus, do people think the government should step in to help commercial news organizations that can make enough money on their own? There's not a lot of uh, public uh, support for the idea of stepping in to support commercial news organizations that can't make uh, enough money uh, on their own. Now, you know, there are, of course, you know, some public policies that we pursue even without majority uh, public support. And similarly, there are public policies that do have majority support that we don't pursue um, for, for other reasons. Um, and this really, I think, is sort of a personal question for each of us uh, to make up our own minds about as citizens um, and for those uh, who represent us as elected uh, officials. Uh, what I will say is that while there is uh, no clear public support uh, for this according to our data, we do know that there are policy options available uh, if the public and the elected officials who represent them are willing to commit real resources and that it's possible to structure these policies in a way that insulate news media from political influence and minimize distortions in the marketplace. We see this in the form of um, genuine independent uh, public service media with clearly defined remits and the ability to operate across different platforms uh, that we see in some parts of Europe. We see this in the form of indirect subsidies uh, that have long been in place in many countries across the world, VAT exemptions and the like, uh, in recent years also extended to digital news, belatedly. And of course, in some countries also direct subsidies, which can be tricky territory uh, because sometimes they are used as handouts uh, to sort of prop up incumbents or sort of politically aligned publishers, but they can be designed in ways um, that primarily support investment in independent professional journalism and does not give politicians or civil servants or others uh, leverage over the publishers who receive the support. And that's really a political question for each of us as a citizen um, and for elected officials, whether they want to pursue these options. But what our data can show is that um, at this stage, at least, uh, there doesn't seem to be a broad-based uh, public support for this in the countries where we field these questions. 
And I think for from journalists and the news media side, um, I think it is worth thinking about what that means, uh, because of course, you know, given the very real crisis that much of the industry continues to face, even as some titles are doing uh, quite well and have come through uh, the crisis stronger, arguably. Um, there seems to be a clear case for some form of public policy intervention to address market failure, at least in principle. Um, but I do think that journalists and news media need to think about uh, whether such um, a policy intervention needs to be based on broad-based public and political support uh, to ensure its legitimacy and resilience uh, and reduce the risk that disagreements over media policy become yet another issue that further polarize public opinion about journalism and the media and risk undermining uh, trust in the news if it isn't based uh, on sort of clear public support. Thanks, Rasmus. Um, Richard, I wonder whether there are any factors that determine how news audiences think about government intervention. Um, can things like trust in news or high interest in news predict how people think about these issues? Well, trust in news is, is quite a complicated thing and that the relationship there is quite mixed, but interest in news certainly matters, but I think it matters in an indirect way. So the more interested people are in the news, the more likely they are to be concerned about uh, commercial media financing. And then the more concerned they are, the more likely they are to support the idea of government intervention. Uh, but one thing I think we found quite striking in the data is that even amongst those who are concerned, it's still only a minority rather than a majority within this group that think uh, the government should perhaps step in to help. And that's also true of many other socio-demographic groups uh, in the data. These debates are, are not hypothetical, like governments from countries like Denmark or France um, are stepping in to help commercial news media in different ways. Um, others are now looking at alternative ways of using policy to secure additional revenue for commercial news media from the biggest platform companies, for example, such as Google and Facebook. Rasmus, what should policymakers be considering uh, in terms of these changes um, that you, you've seen in the data? I mean, I think that policymakers often have a legitimate interest in, uh, in trying to understand whether there is broad-based public support for policies that they're considering. It's not the only thing that matters, but it is a thing that matters. Um, you know, some policies that we pursue have broad-based support, some don't. Uh, and it's up to elected officials, you know, whether they believe that uh, things are worth pursuing, even if they aren't sort of supported by uh, a wide and, and broad swath of the public. If there is such support, uh, it of course makes it more attractive for policymakers to pursue such policies. Politicians have their own self-interest uh, in media policymaking as in everything else, and it would be naive to set that aside. If there isn't such support, and policymakers, or for that matter journalists and those who care about journalism still want to pursue such policies, then there is work ahead of them to convince the public that this is the right thing to do. Uh, in the absence of broad-based public support, uh, I do say, fear that government policy supporting commercial news media risk coming across as a private for-profit industry advancing its own narrow self-interest at taxpayers' expense, um, and that politician um, supporting that self-interest and essentially sort of uh, responding to requests from private publishers for special privileges um, will come across as if they're mainly interested in increasing their own leverage over an institution that is, after all, meant to hold power to account and be independent uh, of politicians uh, and policymakers. 
Rasmus, thank you, Richard. Thank you for joining us. Um, and thank you to you for listening to the fifth episode of the Digital News Report 2021 podcast series. Our guest today was Dr. Richard Fletcher, Senior Research Fellow at the Reuters Institute and leader of our research team, Dr. Rasmus Nielsen, co-author of the report and director of the Institute. In the next episode, we'll talk about impartiality and whether people want impartial coverage or news which takes more of a point of view. Make sure to follow our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or through our homepage. You can find the report online at digitalnewsreport.org slash 2021. This was Future of Journalism, a podcast by the Reuters Institute. I'm Federica Cherubini and we'll be back soon.